Welcome back to the Domestic Supply Chain Summit. I'm analyst Tony Mulvey here at Freight Waves, joined with president of Edge Logistics, Will Kerr. Will, how are you? Hey, Tony. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So I guess starting off, uh, the past two years have been crazy in, in the world and in supply chains in particular. I think a good starting point here would just be talking about how we got to this point in the market. Uh, I mean, we've seen rejections up above 20% now uh, for about two years. And I mean, it seems like we've seen some easing, but not really. Uh, so maybe just a little background on how we got here and, and what you think uh, was the root cause of all of this. Yeah, I mean, I think it all started back in 2019, really. Uh, we, 2018 was a really, really strong year for you know freight and uh, freight brokerage. Um, and revenue per load and all those, you know, standard KPIs that we all look for to judge a market. Um, and then when, you know, the, the Chinese uh, trade issues started happening and that uh, it, the ensuing volatility occurred, um, that kind of set the table for what happened during COVID. Um, so, you know, as then we had a volatile market already, and then we went into a full, you know, lockdown pandemic situation. Um, you know, that's kind of what, what set it off. Um, and then as the market, you know, at first dipped and then accelerated, you know, from a truckload uh, perspective, you know, we're seeing an, an inability from the traditional powerhouses uh, in, in, you know, in terms of capacity to, you know, get butts in seats uh, fast enough to keep up with the increasing demand. Um, and then I think we're also seeing a little bit of a phenomena that was unexpected where, you know, as drivers are returning to the workforce, you know, from from the COVID shutdown, you know, they're choosing um, to enter you know smaller trucking companies at a higher rate than uh, previously, and you know, I think a lot of, of the corporate shippers and the national shippers had enjoyed a long period of success working with some of the you know America's largest trucking companies with mostly drop and hook strategies. Um, you know, where they could preload trailers and have a lot of driver efficiency and all that great stuff that works as long as we're not in a tremendously volatile market. Uh, but as, you know, those needs have increased, uh, the capacity hasn't been there un- to, a, you know, enough of an extent to meet the demand. And when that starts to happen, um, a lot of those loads are converted back into live lives and uh, then they're, you know, more suited for a broker market. And we're seeing um, a lot more freight fall through the you know powerhouse drop and hook systems and enter the transactional capacity. Um, and as that starts to happen, it's a uh, it creates a cycle of increasing rates where you know one by one shippers have to decide you know my my freight's more important than everybody else's freight and I need a truck on this thing. And um, you know and that's happening both from non asset based uh, capacity providers like us. And many others um, who have all enjoyed really strong years for the most part, uh, but also from the national carriers and the big regional trucking companies that also operate as freight brokers um, and have enjoyed very, very strong years. You know, taking that additional capacity that, you know, they get, they probably should have been a drop and hook load um, and converting that to live live and then brokering it out, Um, you know, whether the shippers you know, are aware of how they're doing it or not, you know, that's, that's been definitely a big contributor to the rise in, uh, in freight hitting the broker market. And whenever, you know, that starts to happen, you know, carriers are able to, you know, position themselves from a pricing perspective 
where they can, you know, make more money. And as that starts to happen, you know, day after day after day after day, it just gets more and more and more out of control. And then, you know, it, brokers and, you know, big trucking companies have a harder and harder time, you know, picking up and delivering those contracted loads on time. And, you know, service levels dip, more and more freight hits the spot market, and then the rates keep going higher and higher and higher. And the tender rejections get higher and higher and higher. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what we've seen over the last two years. And, you know, now, uh, you know the holiday season and like the consumer, you know, sentiment towards towards what's going on in logistics. We have the president um, telling, you know, calling out international shipping companies and all kinds of different stuff happening. Um, you know, that's just continuing to increase. Uh, and you picked up and delivered on time then you're really faced with no choice other than to spend a little bit more money on uh, getting your capacity. So that's what we've seen the last two years or so. Um, and we'll see what happens moving forward. But, but it's definitely been an exciting time to be a capacity provider um, from our perspective. Uh, and you know, we're going to continue to try to bring solutions for you know, America's shippers. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you made some really good points there. I, one, uh, that I really want to touch on, I guess, that you made about having to spend that extra money. Have you seen or heard uh, that these large shippers are willing to spend that money? Uh, I mean, are they? Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say, you know, willing or excited about it. But, you know, I guess it's kind of a price for a service question that everybody has to ask. And, you know, it, it kind of depends on what their business is and how important on-time delivery is and what kind of flexibility they have built into their supply chain. Um, you know, we've, with the, with the drop and hook and, you know, a lot of direct to store deliveries, you know, increasing and increasing, and increasing every year with, you know, wa- you know, Walmarts and Costco's and other, you know, big powerhouse receivers like that. Um, you know, there's not a lot of room for error in terms of getting stuff in delivered into the stores and out of the shelves and into the consumer's hands. And, uh, you know, whenever you have a lot of sense of urgency, then yes, you have to, you'll, you'll start to see, you know, one, one shipper at a time, one lane at a time, um, that, that freight be repriced and reallocated to a new provider. Awesome. Yeah. That, I think that really, really helps. Uh, I guess another question I have, uh, we've seen the importance of data, uh, and closer to real time data. I mean, a lot of these providers and shippers are working off internal data that's historic, that hasn't been through a period like this where we've got 18 months of rejections at 20%, spot rates now up 20% year over year. Uh, do you see that importance uh, from both the broker and the shipper that are relying more on that data? Uh, or are they still using a lot of that historic, uh, this is what happened in the past, this is what we think is going to happen in the future? Well, I mean, there's there's always going to be a lot of preconceived notions about, you know, people's personal experiences in the business. And, you know, I think a lot of us have been shaped through through those experiences. And, you know, some of our notions are, are, are positive, some of them are negative, uh, but they do tend to cloud judgment at times. Uh, but what we're seeing, uh, you know, since I started in logistics and, you know, since I started Edge Logistics and now that we're here today, uh, is the name of the game if you want to be a successful transportation company is ending your reliance on tribal knowledge and embracing data-driven decision-making and figuring out ways to capture that real-time data, you know, as best you can to try to stay ahead of, you know, the volatility. You know, uh, as a broker, 
you know, we don't make money on every single load. Uh, I hope everybody understands that. And if we anything we could do to increase our winning percentage has absolutely major uh, margin impacts, both from a gross and net perspective. Um, so we are always trying to use technology and always trying to, you know, be one step ahead of what's going on in the uh, pricing market so that, you know, we could reduce those, you know, bad takes. Uh, so with all the volatility and the necessary pricing that the, we've seen, just the extreme pricing, uh, we we at FreightWaves introduced track at F3 uh, in no, early November. What that provides those uh, next day rates uh, across numerous lanes, kind of outside. It includes some of those outside lanes that you typically wouldn't be able to have from other providers. But what is that importance of having that next day rate or the day before rate? I guess is the better way to look at it compared to some other data that may be a week or two old, especially in a market that seems to be changing by the day. Yeah, I think there's uh, more and more every you know month, quarter, year, there is an expectation from the shipper market to be able to provide instant and current rates, um, you know, whether that's you know, in a traditional way, like an email or a, a bid portal or something like that, or, you know, a more modern way, like a, like a bot or an API call, um, you know, that's, that's becoming the customer expectation. And, you know, as that becomes a huge part of our ability to work with America's best shippers, uh, we have to obviously have a, our, our ducks in a row with our rating APIs. Um, so what we've done with TRAC since it started is we've been able to capture a lot of that data via uh, the API and in integrate that with our internal systems and our internal rating engines and, you know, just augmenting those to be just about as effective as possible. Um, and yes, the advantage of having, you know, one day old or even same day information over, you know, two weeks is fantastic in that, you know, we can see what's really happening right now as well before everybody else does for the most part, as well as we can measure, you know, in a very data-driven way, trends. Like we can look at, you know, last week versus right now and what way is are things moving and we can make predictions about what's gonna happen, you know, not just today, not just tomorrow, but, you know, a week from now. And uh, all that is so important if you're gonna be um, using technology in order to price freight. Um, and that is something that we do at Edge Logistics. And it's something that I think you're going to see uh, pretty much everybody doing moving forward. Yeah, I think I think that really helps tie in everything. I mean, you think about the necessary, the need for technology, the need for data, uh, the ability to make pricing easier uh, or more real time is, is vital uh, in an ever-changing market. And, and to be able to participate on, uh, on more business than, you know, we ever have in the past, you know, where, you know, when you have access to, you know, big data and, you know, multiple data providers, as well as your internal analytics, as well as your internal understanding of, you know, the non-monetary variables as well that are associated with that shipment, you know, can, you can really build logic that can get you to a pretty high winning percentage, um, even in a very competitive and volatile market. Um, that's like, well, that's what we aim to do and what I'm sure, you know, most, most folks out in the business are aiming to do these days. Yeah, uh, I agree. 
uh, I guess what you you kind of let into it there. We've seen that the real time those trend. You talked about the trends, seeing trends uh, a week ago, a month ago, things like that. I guess that leads into what does twenty twenty two look like uh, from a, a load volume perspective, uh, a capacity perspective, and obviously from a rate perspective. I mean, we're obviously seeing still these tremendously high volume levels, high rejections. We've seen easing on both sides, but we haven't really seen it hit the rates. Uh, I mean, they're obviously off their highs, but they're still up 20% year over year, like I said earlier. Where do we go in 2022? Uh, what, what is your perspective on that? Well, I, you know, I'm a big believer in traditional supply and demand and the, and the coyote curve. And uh, I think what we're seeing is that it will continue to increase and continue to be volatile until... Um, big trucking has an opportunity to get enough trailers in the market and enough drivers in the market to return a lot of volume back to preload. And um, that will happen eventually. Uh, but with what's going on, you know, with trailer manufacturing, truck manufacturing, driver recruitment, um, and as like inflation is escalating, you know, consumer spending dollar amounts, which, you know, have a huge impact on what, what trucking costs are, um, you know, I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to catch up in the, in the near term. Um, it will happen eventually, probably before the next presidential election in 2024, but we are pretty bullish on, uh, 2022, especially, you know, for the winter, um, typically the winter, you know, January, February, March can be a little bit of a lull and a little bit of a reallocation of freight and everybody's trying to figure out their new contracts and all that kind of stuff. And we um, we think that the spot market is going to continue to to be to be pretty aggressive throughout the winter, which is you know atypical. And um, we're pricing our freight you know accordingly. Um, I think it's going to be very hard to provide capacity over the winter with weather and with the driver situation and with the amount of freight that's going to be you know hitting the broker market because of the projections. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I mean, you look off the, the West Coast out there and see, yeah, the Q, those in the quote unquote Q, uh, those numbers of vessels out on the West Coast have diminished. But you look further out, they're still up over 90. So, I mean, that freight's got to, it's going to clear the port and get, it has to go somewhere. I mean, you've heard about warehousing space out on the West Coast being basically sold out. Uh, so it's going to have to be moved, which I would assume that means. Yeah, and eastbound, eastbound rates are out of control. So, you know, yeah, I, something's got to get to some point, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking at the track rate this morning from L.A. to Dallas, which is a pretty dense lane, as you know. Uh, it was like $4.10 a mile, and that's the buy rate. So uh, buying capacity at $4.10 to turn around and sell it to a shipper I mean, if you're making margin on that, that it's an extreme price. Yeah, imagine if you were a large footprint carrier and you were locked into contract pricing that was, you know, over a thousand dollars a shipment less than that. You know, what what would you do? You know, so like that's that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I guess one final question I have: We've had consumers, right? You mentioned it. Consumer spending's been crazy. But what we've seen recently is consumer sentiment. So looking out, say, six months uh, is actually at the lowest level it's been in a decade. So we're seeing the consumer do two different things. So what 
What do you think, if that comes to fruition, what do you think that means for the freight market uh, as a whole? We see that slowdown in the consumer. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, it will impact the amount of goods being purchased. Um, but I think the freight markets are driven so heavily by, you know, food and beverage, oil and gas, um, and, you know, a few other powerhouse industries, automotive, which is booming, um, that, you know, it's it takes for the consumer sentiment and actual, you know, that kind of thing to really hit uh, takes a really long time. And I think that the economy is really strong and that we are having a strong recovery. And yes, inflation is a problem right now, especially for the consumer. Uh, but I believe that, you know, the, the Fed and, and the government's going to do a good job of, of assisting the recovery and making sure that nothing unstable happens in uh, 2022. Uh, I think, you know, as we get closer and closer to the big election in 2024, uh, we will we will see what 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 changes happen. Um, typically, that's when we start to see, you know, major corporate driven changes uh, in the trucking market. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but but yeah, I don't think that short term consumer sentiment, mostly related to inflation, um, is is going to have a major long term impact on the trucking volumes. I think uh, the train has been run away for way too long for that to slow it down right now, um, at least in the short term. But yes, eventually, always in this business, it stops. You know, it always hits a point where there's enough capacity in the market to handle the volume. Uh, because as there's opportunity, people add capacity, naturally. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see when that is. But I don't think it's going to be in 2022. Perfect. Well, I think we are running up against our time, Will. So, uh, where can people go more to find out about yourself and Edge Logistics? Uh, edgelogistics.com um, or, you know, you can hit us on social media. We're on all the major things. And uh, we'll be at, you know, the next in-person Freight Waves events as well. I'm looking forward to it. Perfect. Thank you, Will. And everybody stay tuned for more uh, quality content here at the Domestic Supply Chain Summit.